All right, welcome to the Nitty Gritty, episode 52. I wonder how many weeks we're going to be able to number it again, just because we hit 50. This, this is pr- the this is this I will probably be the last one that I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least until we hit a hundred, yeah. right? So so yeah. So hi everybody. We have uh, the Bennett family coming on. There's Jeanette a lot of Matt. Bennett. Bennett's is a big name in Utah, but yeah, Jeanette yeah. and Matt Bennett. They own. See, I always want to say Utah Valley Magazine. To me, that's their most well known for sure. You know, product, but it's. Um, Bennett Communications. Bennett Communications, I think right. is the official business name. Right. So Bride Magazine, uh, yeah. Utah Valley Business Q, right? Utah Valley Magazine, and I guess a whole lot of private ones for different corporations and yep. stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, really interesting story. I mean, they. I one thing that I I wish we touched on more was how they got married like yeah. how connected they were the fact they bumped into each other on his mission and well they did they both love journalism and well and they liked each other since like junior high or, knew, or they knew, knew each, each other, other knew each other since junior high but i don't think that spark was there till later spark <laughs> till after the mission right they but they they would like go on double dates with other people yeah anyway i thought that was funny but it was interesting to hear him talk and she even mentioned it like we're like the podcast like we are doing like a form of journalism that right. I'd never thought about. Yeah, me but like either. as she talked about everything that she would do to prep for an interview and do it's like, yeah, like that's kind of what we do. Like that's we, what you do. We well, we tell stories about people. <laughs> yeah. We interview people. Well, you said prepare, so I don't <laughs> yeah, do that very true. much. But but yeah, I mean, it, we are. I mean, we are documenting other people, and I do feel like we do a good job at getting stories, and we're not even trying to, and I think that's why it happens. I think we authentically connect with people, and so we get stories that they don't tell other places, and and so, yes, I guess it is journalism, especially if we transcribe these things at some point, right, when our book comes out in three years. <laughs> the behind-the-scenes. The behind-the-scenes book. So, but it so, was yeah. cool. I mean, they talked about how they got started with the magazine and some of the guests they've had and who they're still trying to get. Yeah, that's a cool little cliffhanger that you're going to want to hear. Like, she has a person she's been trying to get for 20 years. Yeah. And it sounds like she knows everybody around this person yeah. and still can't, can't. So, hopefully, it happens. I think that would be really cool. But I, I think it was fascinating hearing. I think that industry has changed so much. Print you know, print media is just on the downhill, but they seem to be thriving. And well, and so, you can tell once again that they love it. Like watching her talk about like magazines, cool. like you, you bring it up a lot. And so now I've started to pay more attention to it and I'm c- kind of catching on. I'm late. I'm late to the game. <laughs> late but, to the passion game. Yeah. But like literally her eyes like lit up talking about like what she said, she said words were delicious to her. Yeah. You know, kind of creepy. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was actually a really cool thing because you can like their posture changes. Like they get, it's almost like they get more color in their face. Yeah. Like eyes get brighter, like just the speed of like their words. I mean, they start talking faster. And so, yeah, I mean to be, they started in what? 98. Right. Originally. Uh, well, they're hitting, what is it? No. Well, I know they're hitting their 20 year on, but I think they started before. I think 20 years is for their communications oh, company, yeah, right? yeah. for Bennett Communications. But they did those like newsletter. They have a right. re- yeah, really cool story on the on the hustle, you know, before they started. But um, but yeah, after that many years, to still see her get 
excited. And the meaning of, it's not just selling magazines, it, it's telling our story, our Utah County story, and and really wanting to help you know, share our stories to everyone else. She, yeah. you know, she's not about gotcha journalism. She wants to, she wants to celebrate. She's, she's bragging and celebrating about For all sure. the great stories and people that we have around here. So, so yeah, this one turned out to be really fun. And I think, I think you guys will like it. Good episode. Check it out. If you enjoy it, let us know. Love what about our codes? You. We haven't been doing good with that. No. So we have uh perk nitty gritty. Yep. We, have- we need to, we need more sponsors. We have a lot of listeners now. We do have a lot. So if you're listening, we'll sell your stuff. Come on. (laughs) We're total hookers. Let's go. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But no, Perk's been amazing to us. And uh, yeah, just keep sharing it for us. Anyways, I'm rambling. You guys are amazing. Hope you like it. See you next week. All right. Welcome to this week's episode. It's a big episode. It's number 52 for us. That's a full year's worth of episodes. That's, That's a lot. Crazy. It's kind of a lot. It is a lot. And we haven't missed. So we're here with Jeanette and Matt Bennett of all sorts of different titles and magazines and all sorts of stuff. But what is the official name? Do you have like an the Bennett Communications? Yeah, is so, that like yeah. the name of the company? So that's our legal name, Bennett Communications. But okay. Most people haven't heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> and so Utah Valley Magazine is our most known brand. Okay. And... um Utah Valley Bride and Business Q and a number of magazines under that. But yeah. Yeah. When people say, Oh, we're gonna make your lanyard for this event, what what do you want us to put? I always have to <laughs> to pause and be like, Okay, who who am I? Am I Bennett Communications? Am I a bride editor? What am I? A lot of a lot of glossy pages. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. And have you guys I mean, from the beginning you guys started this together, right? We did, yeah. And so we grew up in Idaho Falls. Okay. We met in, uh, I was eighth grade, he was ninth grade. Idaho Falls proper? <laughs> uh, suburb, am in Idaho. We learned all about the Idaho Falls before. <laughs> Thanks to Brent, yep. And the gangs. There, yep, there's different sides of Idaho Falls, we found out. <laughs> I am passionate about Idaho. I mean, I never want to live there again. So, so sorry to the state. But I only buy Idaho potatoes. Like, I will leave a store without potatoes if they're trying to sell me Washington or Colorado or something. It has to be Idaho. <laughs> and if I see an Idaho license plate, like, my heart skips a beat. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm totally going to know this person. I never do. <laughs> I mean, we haven't lived there. Well, we left after we graduated high school. We went back for a short two-year thing, which is actually when we started Utah Valley Magazine, or at least the ideas for it. Um, yeah, but so we met in junior high, but didn't. It's not like a meeting we remember, you know, it wasn't like a day we met. Uh, And then in high school, we were on the high school newspaper staff together and went on several double dates, not with each other, but with, you know, we were both dating kids from the other high school. So occasionally we would drive together to go see these people. (laughs) (laughs) And Matt had a sweet truck that had holes in the floor and, you know, it's pretty awesome. And, uh, and then... After, so he went on a mission. After his mission was when we started dating. Okay. So he went on a mission to upstate New York. I was in the Hilcomora pageant and saw him there when he was on his mission. Really? Yeah. What were you doing in the Hilcomora pageant? I was Trying a harvest dancer, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trying to find my husband. <laughs> yeah, I was a, I'm not really a dancer, but it's not like it's really big dancing there, you know. So I went back kind of for an adventure. I was... You know, college student looking for fun. A friend and I applied and I got in and she didn't, but I went anyway by myself. And 
made some friends and saw Matt on his mission. And we actually just took our kids back there you know, for the first time last summer. We wanted them to see where he'd lived and see the pageant and all that. So it was Are cool. they still doing the pageant? So this year was supposed to be their last year. Okay. So last year was the second to last. We decided to go then. And this year they're not doing it. So I guess I'm not sure if they're going to do their last year next year or if last year was their last year. Yeah. I'm not sure how that's shaking out. It's a cool. I, so after I graduated, we did like this kind of church history tour and we ended up at the Hillcomora pageant. So it was pretty fun to watch. Awesome. It is pretty incredible. I mean, I have some really specific memories of being, just feelings that I had being in it. You yeah. Know? So it was cool to see it again as an audience member last year. So you guys from the get have been in publishing and newspaper and I don't even know what do you call that yeah publishing Just publishing? communications yeah so Matt's dad was our newspaper advisor in high school okay and so and his dad is like the Mr. Holland's opus you know he is that guy for journalism and communications his students just adore him and I was one of those students you know in fact when I first when Matt first got home from his mission we started dating I'm like okay am I just doing this so that <laughs> to like get to your dad? <laughs> so I can get this guy as my father-in-law because <laughs> he's such a great mentor and just, you know, Mr. Holland is the best way to describe him. Um, <laughs> so obviously, you know, married him for him. Um, yeah, so it's always been kind of our thing. And then we both went to BYU and graduated in journalism. And I also had a business minor. He did English and... I finished my master's there, but both of us in communications and journalism. Okay. So it's our thing. So Matt, it sounds like that was kind of a family thing. Were you all your siblings into journalism and publishing? Um, no, actually. we. <clears throat> uh, my older brothers, they went into biology and teaching, and um, one of them was the baseball coach at Tempview over okay. here for a little while, and biology teacher. And then uh, my other oldest brother, he's actually the principal at Madison High School in Rexburg now. And uh, so I was the first one that kind of went back to journalism. But I, I remember even from first grade, we had this little, uh, what do they call those? They didn't have photocopiers back then. Uh, like the mimeograph? Mimeograph. Or, or were, kind of purple? Yeah. Carbon yeah. copy kind of thing? Yeah, carbon copies. We had those when I was in first grade. And they used to come out with a little newsletter. And I remember just thinking, this is the coolest thing ever. We're telling our stories. And they even tried to run little pictures in there that were hardly... You could hardly tell who was who. But I had an interest in this since first grade, publishing and communicating thoughts and ideas. Wow. That's so crazy. And kind of the same for me. I had a similar newsletter like that in third grade, I remember, and I interviewed the lunch lady. And I, I hand wrote. <laughs> in it's like, third grade? Yeah. It was in my handwriting in the school newsletter, you know, asking, asking her the favorite things that she fixes. And when did the Jeanette Gazette come along? Oh, and then I had, so my older sister played school. What a school. great name, the Jeanette Gazette. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's awesome. I like, I like rhymes. Uh, my older sister played school, and she would make me sit there and be her student. She's a teacher now. She's an awesome teacher. And I play, so I started playing journalist, and I would like predict the weather on a thing that I drew on the wall and just like weatherman uh, now totally just, out <laughs> right. just I'd, say guessing. Things, I'd say things like there's an upper level low yeah. I didn't even know what I was <laughs> saying uh, and then I started a newsletter for my sister's fake school but it, it was called the Jeanette Gazette no way. and uh, and when I was blogging for a while a few years ago I, I named my blog Jeanette Gazette <laughs> but that kind of that gathered cobwebs after a few years but I had a good few years on that yeah so what about like journaling or published what was it that attracted you to that so early i mean i don't know because it's so not my thing 
like no. I, I can't even write I can't, a journal. No, like to write even like a caption can take me hours right. and I'll just stop. Well, <laughs> a know? podcast is modern day journalism. What you guys are doing is is journalism, it's digital journalism. You're smart because you don't have to edit this, right? Like you don't have to go well, back and refine it. Sometimes and, I say bad things. <laughs> <laughs> Brent Leave that, that in here. Me. It's the charm, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the same thing. But I think I just loved I I see stories in everything, you right. know, and and so I like being able to highlight people. I like the good news. I I didn't I did work at the Desert News for a time, but uh, I didn't want to be the person talking to people who don't want to talk to you, people whose house just burned down, criminals, you know, that kind of stuff is not my thing. But talking to people who really are honored and that are excited that someone cares about their story, that is just pure joy for me. You know, to learn someone's story and then present it in a way that's meaningful to them is just huge. It's a huge rush for me. So uh, I I was lucky. I think we're both lucky that we knew what we wanted to do when we went to college. And it's evolved a bit. I didn't see the entrepreneur thing coming at first. I thought I'd write for Inc. Magazine, Forbes. I thought I'd write about business, which is why I did the business minor and you know went to the merit school classes for that. And then when we decided to start a business, all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait. I need to. I wish I would have paid more attention because all those things mattered all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's been it's been fun, and we're we're not sick of it. I mean, it's evolved and pivoted, and some things are a pain, but the storytelling's not. Storytelling's just awesome. Getting to know. Um, I feel like a lot of famous people, Steve Young or Larry King or Donny Osmond, they have this public per- persona, but it's just so fun to have them talk about how they get recognized in walmart down here in provo or something like that and a lot of times we'll interview we have a section called angels among us and it are the there are these people who just want anything but publicity for what they're doing and it's just it changes us as journalists to go in and hear them talk about their gratitude for all the things that they have in life and you're looking around at their 12 foster kids that they've brought in and how there's a one inch gap of weather strip under their front door. And you just think, Oh man, you're, you're amazing. I'm so glad we have a chance to shine a spotlight on what you're doing. That's awesome. I mean, obviously the stories, that's what made us start the podcast. You know, it's true. We just don't write very well. No, right. That's why we talk. Right. (laughs) I don't even know that we do that very well, but it's accepted in podcasts. You have a, you have a really good radio voice. Wow. I keep hearing that. And I hate my voice. No, I hear good. it. And I'm just like, what the crap? It's an like instrument. A You've got a lerp. <laughs> no. But thank you. No, it's pretty cool. Well, and I think writing is such an art. I mean, you read. It's funny if you just try to journal, right? It's amazing how hard just that is. But to somebody that's a good writer, I remember. I, mean, I remember I had a, a professor at Rick's College, which is where I started, Lee Warnick. And we were talking about writing and classes and things. And he said, you know what you do actually doesn't come naturally to many people. And that's when I first thought about it. And I right. thought, oh, okay, maybe maybe there is some level of talent or some sort of uh, predisposition that you would have for this type of thing. 100%. It's like a good singer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can take voice lessons. But if you're tone deaf and you can't sing, it, no... No amount of teaching is going to change that. It's I can true. make a good singer better. Yeah, but but I agree with you. I I think there's just something in the brain that I say it with barbecue, right? I mean, to me, barbecue is such a simple thing when I mean, people can't grasp it. I'm like, what? It's it's easy. What you're overthinking it. So many but it's things true. are a form of expression, and your food right. is an example of that. You're expressing 
your creativity right. through food. And uh, I think the way people dress is a form of expression, right. hair, all of that. We all really want to express our feelings. We just do it in really different ways. But writing actually is still hard work. It, oh, for sure. I wouldn't say, oh, it's easy to write. I Even 20 years later, in fact, in some ways, it's gotten harder uh, because... There's so many other things encroaching on, like you were talking about your job titles a second ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, writer's only one of my job titles. Right. And so, And a lot of times that ends up being, the other ones are screaming at me more. And uh, so the writing is sometimes, my writing is always <laughs> the last thing that goes into the magazine. The, the magazine's usually done and we're waiting on Jeanette's stuff. Uh, and I have to go find a place. I've written a lot in cars and up the canyon uh, because... It, life is just really distracting. And writing isn't something you can do in 15, 20 second increments. I've got to like really be in, in tune with the words, you know. But words are, are delicious to me. Like we've seen Hamilton a few times and the first time we saw it, we're sitting there in New York and I had a pen and in the playbill, in the dark, I was just writing down the words or phrases that I was like, oh, wow. You know, I was just scribbling those words down and uh, at the end of the night I couldn't even read what I had written but it was just like <laughs> these I couldn't believe he the word plays that he would use and and that's kind of how I like to write too I like to twist little cliches or turn things upside down for a headline that's gotten me in, tr me in trouble a few times but <laughs> um but I like to play with words it's like my sandbox it's fun just I mean just hearing you guys talk about it it's that's one thing that's been cool about the podcast is you get to hear about people's passions. And so when you can see it, like as they talk about it, that's exactly it, like, the you difference. Can, you can watch how excited you are to talk about words. It's like watching a little kid talk about like a new toy. Like yeah. there's just, and when they, when they, when you talk like that after doing it for so long, there's mm -hmm. so many people that don't get to feel that in yeah. their life. And it's such a, it's such a cool blessing that, cause it is a lot of work. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just like what I do here. I mean, it's, holy crap, it is so much work and it right. took a ton of work to get here, mm -hmm. but I love it. Right. I wouldn't want to do anything else. I remember interviewing a, a guy who's started several restaurants around and I asked this sort of a basic question, but I said, what made you want to start a restaurant? And he looked at me like that was a really stupid question. And he's <laughs> like, I think like, everybody dreams of starting a restaurant. Right. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm, everyone dreams of starting a magazine <laughs> Hello. Yeah. and like we were both so passionate about what we were doing that we were pretty sure everyone wished they could be us you know right. and I agree with you that it, it's exciting to to interview people like you do and like we do that are just in love with what they're doing right you know and they they like reading about it even when they don't have to and they like studying it and and they might bore others at times with the details of that particular industry or trend or something but that's, that's what why, it takes that's to why I can't talk to anybody right. about what I do everyone just goes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's totally true. And that's, it's, I mean, what you said to, when you have that level of, you know, the word passion is probably overused, but you will outwork anybody else at it because it's not a job. Right. And it does take a ton of hard work mm -hmm. to, to make, to turn something you love into a living mm -hmm. is hard work. Yeah. Cause you are defying the odds. Right. So you're going to have bound, bo uh, boundary. Uh, what word am I looking for? Uh, barrier. There barrier, you go. Right. A barrier, one after another. And so if you love it, you'll figure out a way around it. Right. If you don't love it, you'll be like, well, there's a barrier, you know? Totally. But it's fun to do something where you're not watching the clock. I had a clock watching job one summer. I worked for the government right outside Idaho Falls. The locals call it the site. But uh, <laughs> this little government job that they didn't really need me. They didn't really need anybody out there. People were just watching the clock tick. And I had the most boring summer I honestly just really jobs, hated pretty it. Pretty much. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> they like just do everything way slower. It's like whenever I watch a U-Dot crew. <laughs> oh, man. Drives me insane. Yeah. But I mean, if yeah. I was doing that job, I'd do the same thing. Well, I don't know. They block off a road and then don't work on it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, can oh we not? Gosh, drives me crazy. Yeah, if this is a 12-hour job, only block the road for 12 hours right. and do the job. Right. Yeah. But that government summer was a turning point for me, too, because I'd made more money per hour than I ever had. Right. But I hated it. Like I, I, They gave me a project for the summer. I was done in like 10 days because I was excited about it at first, and then- when I was done, they're like, well, I mean, we would draw up soccer plays for hours and stuff. And <laughs> I would I would walk to the far end of the building to look at a bulletin board that sometimes had new flyers on it. I mean, I was inventing ways. I would drink a lot of water, so I had to use the bathroom, and I'd use the furthest bathroom. These were the things, because I, I, uh, I wasn't passionate, right. you know, about it. So it's fun to, to love what you do. Um, you know, and we've written about a lot of people who are a lot more successful than we are, have scalable businesses. Ours, ours isn't like perfectly scalable, uh, but I still wouldn't trade it, you right. know? Because it's I, we grew up in Idaho, of course, around farms. His family actually had a dairy farm for a while. My parents weren't farmers ever, but I feel like we have a farm of words. Like we grow words, we grow pages. The kids have, we have five kids. They've had different roles at times, and this is our farm, our family right. farm. <laughs> it's a cool, interesting way to look at it. I've never thought of that. And. I mean, you said like, yeah, it's, it might not be as big as others, but like everyone has their version of what, you know, what makes them happy. And mm-hmm. as long as you get to that and you can appreciate it, then who cares about what else is going on? Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. And and I think we crave progress and we, we like challenges just as, as humans. It's fun to, that's why, you know, you show up to a half, if a race has a half marathon and a 5K, there's always way more people in the half marathon. Than the 5K, which is surprising. There's no but. such thing as half marathons, just so you know. <laughs> so why is there you a have half your blinders? pound of ribs? <laughs> it, it, listen, you can't run a half marathon. A marathon is a marathon. You just ran a 13-mile race. So I'm going to buy 0.5 wow. This has been like, a, we talk about this all the time. I'm like, I'm so sick of seeing 13.5 or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Like I ran a half marathon. I'm like, I went halfway to church. <laughs> Did I go to church? Okay, well, how far have you run? like not even 10 feet for like 30 years <laughs> okay here's it's the thing the 13 miles super hard Look, well I, I agree it just needs its own name it does right? need, yeah i'm with you on that okay that's I'm, all i'm, I'm saying like I'm i think it's vision. insulting to the marathon right <laughs> you can't run a half of a marathon anyways okay sorry. I, rant, I could get rant. on board with you for right. that. Okay. It, it deserves a cool name it's super hard mm-hmm. but you know Okay, I'm going to brainstorm. I'm going to brainstorm. Yes. She's going to come up with a new word. She's farming. Yeah, she's farming right now. You planted a seed. I'm going to harvest it. (laughs) So when did the idea first come of starting a magazine? And was that the first idea you guys had, like, as a business? Yeah. So we, like, you know, we graduated in journalism, and then we both had our first jobs. I was at the Deseret News, and... Then we moved to Idle Falls for a couple years. Matt was working for a publisher there. He was actually, this is going to blow your mind. Everybody sit down to hear this. But he was the editor, editor in chief of the Potato Grower magazine. Wow. And there's more, editor in chief of Sugar Producer magazine. Yeah, anything you want to know about sweeteners, corn sweeteners, sugar beets, sugar cane, I'm your man. You got it. Yeah. And so when we were in Idaho Falls, uh, that's what he was doing. I taught at Rick's for a couple years as it was transitioning to BYU-Idaho. And and honestly, and I think we tell the origin story slightly differently because there there On was- the way over here, she said, 
Hey, they may ask us about how we started our company. And she said, I, I think the I think you've made some stuff up over the years. And and I said, Okay, if they ask that question, I'm just gonna listen because I totally agree. I do that all the time. I just want to hear the He's truth. He's a storyteller. So I right? want to hear him tell it first. It, it would be a much better story if I told it, but hers will be true. So Well here I, I think both versions are Somewhat true. No, but here's the true version. <laughs> so we both graduated in journalism. We're living in Idle Falls. He's working for those agricultural magazines. He was traveling a lot and bringing magazines home from Fargo, Moses Lake, the exciting destinations. <laughs> San Antonio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the big and, city. And these different cities had magazines that were small, you know, fairly small. St. George had a magazine. Salt Lake had a magazine. And um, and so that that was germinating. At the same time... When I became a mom, our oldest is 22 and a half. He had his half birthday the other day, and he's like, why did we not celebrate my half birthday? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, when I became a mom, my mind switched. I was working at the Deseret News until about 12 hours before he was born, and I intended to go back. I really did love my job there, but as soon as he was born, the entrepreneur in me started just brainstorming. How could I, because I love this baby so much, and I, I love being a mom even more than I'd anticipated. I'd always planned to be a mom, but I'd always planned on a career. And I hadn't, no one had ever really talked to me about when those worlds collided, yeah. what that was going to feel like. I feel like women have more role models now. And that's one of the things that I do enjoy doing is working through that transition with a lot of our female employees. And it's not a one size fits all in any way, but that clash is something that you can't totally anticipate or prepare for until you're there and kind of consort through your emotions. So I decided I didn't want to go back to the Deseret News, but I had just finished a master's. I loved the industry, had a skill set. And so that's when my entrepreneur mind was like, okay, I would love to keep in, in this industry, but how could I be in control of my schedule and uh, and where I work? And did you know you had an entrepreneur in mind? No, because did it surprise you as you started kind of it coming? It did with actually those surprise me. Those business classes that I took, I took because I wanted to learn about business so I could write about business. I didn't take them. Not even it didn't even cross my mind that I would start a business. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, they're more. I come from a lot of teachers. Matt has a few on his side and I have a lot on my side. And so it was just a different mindset. But I am a solution-oriented person and a pretty ambitious person, I would say. In first grade, I won the reading contest because they said, whoever wins the reading contest, whoever gets first place gets like these cool prizes. Well, I didn't know how what everybody else was going to do. So I'm like, well, I've got to win. So I read 244 books. And the next person read like 34 or something. <laughs> like I blew everybody out of the water. Because I was just she like, won by more than two hundred books, and and because I just read like you know multiple books a day, and I was a good reader because my sister made me learn how to read early on. Anyway, that's the only point of that is just like I'm a pretty driven person, and so when I had our son, I was like, I bet I can solve this problem. I bet I can solve the problem of doing what I love and earning some income, but also using the skill set. So it was a complete switch in my head. But once. Once I was on board with that, and we'd been doing some research and stuff, we were just like really on fire and excited. And the first thing that we tried 
So there were three things before Utah Valley Magazine, and we don't need to spend a ton of time on them, but I sent out a newsletter. The name Bennett Communications came to be just like out of my head, out of both of our heads, really, but we created this newsletter, Bennett Communications, and I sent it out to all the people in Idaho Falls, that's where we were at the time, who we knew, so that owned businesses pretty much. Which I think was 20. Yeah, I think we sent out (laughs) about 20 newsletters saying, Bennett Communications can produce newsletters for you. We can write copy. We can do anything. And I have a team of professionals, which was... You know, a, a lie. I had myself and, and, and Matt after hours. We are a team. Yeah, I was going to exactly. say, that's a team. Yeah. And we got three calls. I did a couple small jobs off that, little, little, little projects. And then from there, we started this national newsletter that was subscription based. And we. Was that a thing back then? I mean, because people hear it now, they're like, oh, yeah, there's, I mean, how many newsletters do you have in your inbox, right? But back then, I don't, I feel like that wasn't as big of a. No, and this is, pa- it is now. Yeah, this is, these were paper newsletters, yeah. and so we bought a list of all the high schools in the country, and uh, that had 500 students or more, which was 10,000 plus, and uh, we hand stuffed. There are machines that do the work that we thought we had to do. So we hand-stuffed 10,000 envelopes with sales wow. letters and sample newsletters and organized them by zip codes so we could get a discount at the bulk mail. We learned a ton on this project. We learned about sales tax. We got our business license and all that. And then we put 5000 on a credit card to send those out. And seven days later, uh, we got the first call, and it was from Patty Kennedy in Seattle, Washington. Never met her, but like that moment when she called to order her newsletter for $59 was like so exciting. Like I'm getting excited talking about it. Yeah. And so, and that she remembers what she wore. But I can't remember like you know. if I took my vitamin, you know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> I'm selectively selectively good at the memory. But um but that became exciting because every day we'd get orders in the mail or phone calls and it was just exciting. You know? Well if we get this percent return, we could be this, we do that. You know, just the math of it. I'm kind of a math head, I'm a numbers person, and so I was always doing the math of what if we get this type of result or what if we, you know, get them to sign up for two years? What if that would be, you know, exciting? And so we did that for two years before we were like, let's, let's do the next thing, which is Utah Valley Magazine. So that first project, even though we don't do it anymore, we did it for about nine years and then it was, it had. The newsletter you did for nine years? Yeah. And what was it about? So it was called Scholastic News Service and it was, it was for high school journalism advisors tiny niche so a lot of times in high schools they'll tell the PE coach or somebody hey you're in charge of the school newspaper they don't know anything and and then so our newsletter gave them ideas and we have a crossword in there this is when the internet was I mean it existed but it wasn't in every classroom no smartphones and so we provided a service for them we had a cartoon that was high school related that they could then take and use in their paper the crossword was that way we would give them story ideas here's an idea about here's the recent statistics on teen drivers here's the statistics now go interview the following three people in your school like the traffic officer and whatever and ask them these three questions and and uh and the advisors really liked it i was gonna say that's that's brilliant if you think about it i mean just having the idea that that was a need yeah so it was a small little need and um were you patterning that off of something you had seen or did you come up with the yeah, idea like to create this kind of content, to add a cartoon and a crossword and to give them interview questions. I mean, was that all kind of your guys' brainchild? I would say so. And Matt's dad gave us input too because he'd been a journalism advisor. I was say it was and he was a good too. one, but he had met a, he had gotten a lot of calls through the years from advisors being like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> 
And so he was really a good advisor on that. And there was a newsletter around town called Tidbits. Do you remember that? Mm, yeah. The, the design of it we thought was cool. And so we borrowed some design ideas from that. So yeah, it just kind of evolved. But like the excitement of the orders coming in was oh, I'm sure. pretty thrilling. <laughs> well, and I think that's a good deal. If I'm a PE coach and I need to help with the newspaper... I mean, because a lot of teachers have to do that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they kind of have to... Yeah, and at the time, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have an easy way. Well, it was... They didn't have an easy way right. of getting on the internet to find the statistics. So that was a fun project. I remember doing the math, like if 100% of people subscribe, we could buy, we went on the- We are going to retire. <laughs> well, I remember it was going to be like $400,000 or something, right. which we went on a pray to homes thing and there was a home that was $400,000. So like in my mind, I'm equate. of course, you're never going to get 100%. We had usually six to 8% of the schools subscribe. Uh which was great and a, and a success, but it wasn't enough to live on, you know. But it was a great first start of learning so much and learning how business worked and going through some of the the, the hurdles that I thought were going to be hard, like figuring out a business license and sales tax and bulk mail, and what, and then that became second nature. Sorry, what surprised you the most during that time, like of starting that? Like, what part of the business were you like? I really wasn't expecting this. Either it was hard or it was more fun than you thought. So that part, and also when we started the magazine, was collections was not fun, nor is it, you know, a guarantee. Right. <laughs> at the restaurant, see, it's smart because you have people pay before you hand them the food. Yeah, you yeah, have to learn that the hard way. That's a brilliant sometimes. model. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, hey, we got to charge at least half. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and so with the newsletters, there was just a collection problem, and you have to go through school POs. Like, we had to start sending them the product oftentimes before their school would process the PO. and So that delay was a bit of a sad surprise. And also when we started the magazine, the same thing kind of happened. I knew the math when we, when we did the first issue and uh, Matt's brother and that brother's wife sold ads. So we, at the time it was kind of the four of us doing some math and it was like, well, if we sell enough ads to pay to print the first issue, we'll do it. And if not, we won't. Uh, well, we sold enough to pay to print the first issue plus 2000. And like, cool, you know, we might have made a buck an hour or something because it took six <laughs> months to get the first one out. But the thing is, people don't pay right when you, and we didn't invoice till the magazine came out. Gotcha. And then people didn't, some people never paid. Some people come back with, hey, can we pay you with trade? And, you know, so there was a lot to learn on that collections front with both. Back then it was putting a check into a, an envelope, right? Yeah. And sending it to you, which exactly. makes it even harder. So then when you call, they're like, oh, I'll mail you a check today. <laughs> yeah, it's in the Perfect. mail. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stand by the mailbox tomorrow, yeah. you know. Uh, so that was that was interesting. And, and it's still a challenge, you know, uh, with this little, well, I hope it's a little economic <laughs> bubble we're going through. <laughs> Collections is, again, a worry for me because we just put out a bride magazine and a uh, St. George Pray to Homes magazine, anyway, where people still owe us quite a bit of money on that, and, and we're not the first people paid. I remember the first business that went bankrupt on us that hadn't paid for their ad, and like I was so sure that I could get the money. So I started going to the bankruptcy hearings. I would get all the notices. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go there. I'm going to come back with our money. You get there and you realize, oh, there's a bank in front of me. There's the <laughs> government in front of me. Right. I, I ran an ad that's already run. I have nothing to hold over their heads. And so now I just, you know, get frustrated if I see a bankruptcy notice, but I don't waste any time fighting it. Right. Anyway, that doesn't happen a lot. But uh, yeah, we had to learn a lot. I, we didn't know how much we had to learn, actually. 
If you knew it, do you think you would have done it? That that's a really good question. <laughs> um, it's kind of like building a home. Yeah. You know, had we known all the work and everything, um, yeah, I. I think that goes for anything in life. I think that goes for getting married, for having kids. If you knew how much work your kids were going to be, would you have so easily started nope, down I'm that just path? <laughs> how much they're going to cost? I was going to say that married one is it's like, I wonder how many people would answer no to that one. That's a big question because it's true. I mean, starting a business is the same thing. You're right. They all relate. I mean, you learn as you go. I don't care how much knowledge you have when you open a business or when you get married. I mean, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Uh, totally. Ignorance to is in. bliss. Yeah. So, like the first issue of Utah Valley Magazine, when it came out, I was 25 and he was 27, September 2000. So, this is our 20th year. We hit our, we'll hit our 20th oh, birthday. Wow. September, we're planning we're planning a big party <laughs> that we hope Via we can Zoom. have. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do it. I'll come. I'll bring people. Come on. We got to start getting together okay, again. This is ridiculous. I agree. It's it's hard mentally to go through what we've been going through. It's really been For a switch. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we need a Bennett Communications party. We need a big party. Yes, we do. Yeah, I want to invite all the all the people who've been on the cover the past 20 years, which is a really impressive list. So we've been, you know, sending them, gathering their e- updated emails and things. We've had seven or eight who've passed away, actually. No people like Lavelle Edwards, uh, Ruth Hale, Start Hale Center Theater, uh, Becky Lockhart, first woman speaker of the house. You know, there's a list list like that. But anyway, we, we hope to have the party, invite the cover stories, invite our key advertisers, some community members, and have some of the people that have been on our cover perform. And so in my mind, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So Bam Bam's awesome. uh, catering. I was in the 40 under 40. Yeah, you were. No big deal. Why didn't we lead with that? Yeah, I don't know. You we should have. <laughs> or no, was it, was it 40 under 40? Wait. Yeah. Or were you? We did one year of thirty color. in their thirties. Oh, it was the color. Thirty thing. in their thirties. That's what okay. it was. And then so, it was personality. I was, you know, yellow. I'm, I'm you're yellow. yellow. Yeah. So that was kind of a fun one because it was. the entrepreneur. We had everyone do the color code thing. Red was right. number one. Yellow was number two. Right. We hardly had. Of course, red was number one. Because we take charge. What we boss people around. Bossy, bossy leaders. Are you a red? Yeah, I'm a red. I wouldn't yeah. have guessed that with either of you two. <laughs> <laughs> but we had only we wanted a, one of each color on the cover, and with whites at first, the first like thirty-five, we did nobody was a white. That'd probably be hard to find. We a did white, end huh? up with a couple whites, so one of them oh, okay. made it on the cover, so we could have all four colors represented. Right. But whites don't often go into; they don't start their own business. There's right. Anyway, quarantine is that, really easy for the whites. They're loving it. They're yeah. loving it. I'll lock myself in the basement, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the idea of the magazine, is it what it is today, what you envisioned when you started it? So when we started, Utah Valley Magazine is a lot like what we envisioned. Uh, and some of the stories we've been doing for 20 years, uh, the high school students will change the world. We've done that every May. This is our 20th version of that. Uh, we're going to, <laughs> we're doing the cover shoot next week we've delayed it a month just because we wanted we have advertisers who aren't ready to like thanksgiving point right. they get they, they didn't want to run an ad that says don't come yet <laughs> so we had to wait a minute but <laughs> but anyway that's been a really fun article and uh highlighted a, one student from every high school every year who's going to change the world and now we've done it so long we do a where are they now we catch up with that's very with cool. a batch of kids every year too we've done our celebrity lookalikes for 20 straight years that's that's probably the one the community gets behind the most and every year i think we've probably found every lookalike in town but every year 
like a dozen people think they're Taylor Swift. So it's all good. <laughs> and we have Brad Pitts, you know. So anyway, it's always fun when we get those. We always get a few Captain Jack Sparrows. Yeah, we do. <laughs> really? Yeah. And we try to look at it, whether it comes email or. It might just be men wanting to wear, you know, eyeliner. I don't know. <laughs> and seven bracelets. Yeah. We try and look at the picture before we read who they think they look like. And if if we can tell, then that's going to go in the batch of t- consideration. If and we some, can't tell. And sometimes people will tell us. They'll say, I look like so-and-so. Yeah, but I, we try not to look at that before <clears throat> we see their picture. Yeah, but when we finally do read who they say they think they look like, it's some show on the WB something. <laughs> well, and that's actually one interesting thing. Like, the world has changed in 20 years. So back when we started the first few years, celebrities were more common. We all knew the same people. Right. And now with the different channels like that and YouTube celebrities, Instagram oh, yeah, celebrities. yeah, it's impossible to know all of them. Yeah, there's a lot of people, even that our kids will bring up that's famous on TikTok or something like that. That name means nothing oh to gosh. me, you know? So Ugh. so that's been kind of kind of interesting. Celebr- and, a, and a commentary on our society, just that we have less shared uh, c- communication um, that's interesting so channels. it's probably harder for you guys uh, you know is it harder to be creative and kind of break a story or or find somebody than it used to be right because there's so, everybody has a platform now. i know it is interesting especially when i'm picking a cover i'd like the people on the cover and for the most part this is true to be someone that's a household name right uh but some people are a total household name like rachel parcel do you guys know you know who she is do you know who she is We've talked about her a couple of times. I was going to say, is this she's the, like one of like the OG Instagram influencers. Yeah. So for she's, her demographic, she's Kim Kardashian of Utah. Yes, people okay. often yeah. say that about about their family. That's what Modern Dad called her. Right. <laughs> I thought that was like the lat. What? What's their last name? No, it's La- the Parcells. It's Parcells. Yeah. Yeah. There's okay. four sisters. Anyway, so in her world, people, she's the most famous person that they can think of. Right. And then if you don't know her which I'm not surprised you haven't heard it because you're not her demographic, you know? Oh, listen, I love <laughs> a little Kardashian. No, I mean, kidding. there's a velvet belt that would no, be... No, it's fun. it is funny though because we were talking about this with somebody and one of them follows me and I follow her. She married a basketball player. Is it Meg? Yeah. Meg so Laska, she, I think is her. Meg Scala. Meg Scala, Which is yeah. Rachel's Meg sister. <laughs> listen, I love Alaska shows right now. Okay, Maybe that's the problem. Deadliest catch. But... But yeah, anyway, mm-hmm. and, and it is funny because you're right. I don't know. Um, I think we followed each other for a long time, but I had no idea she was one of these four, like the Kardashian sisters of Utah, right? Right. And yeah. So, yeah. So not all of our covers are. I mean, we we have done Steve Young, we have done Donny Osmond twice, um, Matt Holland, whatever. You know, there've been some bigger names, but but sometimes it's that niche name, you right. know, that that we have done, and sometimes like the high school story. That's going to be our cover this time uh and it has been occasionally through the past 20 years and so those aren't names that anyone's going to know but the idea of the schools and graduations hopefully but see i like that because some it is fun to you know if i see a cover like that and there's you know you said that you love creating headlines right Mm -hmm. there's something that kind of catches because you guys your magazine is such a like you just want to open it you know it's a pretty magazine right thanks but like I know a lot about Tony Fee now. Mm-hmm. I love Tony Fee now. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but if I see something that kind of catches my attention that I don't know about, I think I'm more—at least me—I'm more prone to open it and read about it because yeah. I want to learn something new. And I think that that's probably hard to do nowadays because right. we all 
know so much about what's going on. And so that has been interesting. And Tony Finau's on our current cover. Right. He was a great interview and his wife too. It's, it's just, I'm really impressed. I love it when I interview someone that I already am impressed with. And then when I'm done, I'm That's like, cool. They don't wow. disappoint you. Wow. There's more to that yeah. person. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. That's really, really fun. But going off what you're saying, interviewing people has become different than it used to be because I go in there knowing what they ate for breakfast sometimes, uh-huh. you know? And so then I have to strike this balance of if I ask them, hey, what are your Thanksgiving plans or what did, how'd your summer go? Then they might think, do you not follow me? Like I've already, <laughs> oh I have gosh. been expressing my answers for months. Well, it was in my, it was <laughs> in the gram. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I strike this balance of like being researched, knowing what they are about and what they say and, all that, but I needing some fresh approach. content. Do you? Yeah, I don't. I don't prepare. <laughs> you can be surprised over whole and over list. again. Well, that's why we're a good pair because uh-huh. he is more prepared, and then I just kind of bounce off of it. But but you're right. Like sometimes you want to be creative. Mm-hmm. Like I want to naturally learn something about somebody, but of course I never really thought of the whole like offended thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Of course, if somebody acted offended, I wouldn't like them anyway. So no. who cares? But. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a delicate mm-hmm. balance. But I think you two, having a journalism background, are always going to be able to get, I would imagine, stuff out of people that other people just don't think of because it's it's your job, like it's your craft. What's been your hardest interview? Like, mm-hmm. like who is the person who was like the hardest like to get information out of? Who's the biggest jerk you've ever talked? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, we've just been waiting who's for this. Never opportunity. coming back. <laughs> You know, I thought like all along, if we ever do a last issue. Oh my gosh, it'd be so great. Here's what we really think. And here's the people who never paid. The ultimate ultimate roast. You should do like a roast issue every year. Oh, people would love it. It would be amazing. Some people would love it. I'm in. Yeah. Um, You know, the first, I've done Donny Osmond on the cover twice. There's only been, I think, three people on the cover twice. He's won Matt Holland we did twice, and we've done Gary Herbert twice. And the first time I interviewed Donnie, and I was young too, so it was within our first year, I felt like I got, because famous people kind of have their, this is what I share, these are my things right. I well, talk it's rehearsed, about. It is a right? little bit rehearsed. But let's, yeah. be, let's call it what it is. They it get is. asked the question so often, it just is like... Mm-hmm. You can ask a question. It's as natural as what their name is. Yeah. The stories they tell and how they uh-huh. tell it. I mean, we've experienced that with a couple guests. You know, like oh. you'll, you'll ask some questions and you can tell that they've answered it a time yep. or two. I can't wait for our last episode. Okay, I can't wait for it either. I want to hear. Oh. And what are you going to say when we leave the, the studio today? Ben, it's had the worst BO of any guests. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's funny. Um, so I hadn't yet learned how to get past that. Yeah, And so I didn't feel great about that interview with Donnie the first time. I interviewed him again the second time, and it was awesome. He was in a more peaceful place, and and I was in a better place too, I think, and had learned how to, how to really get people to open up. Um, and a lot of it is, I mean, all of it is just listening. And then I have a, f- a couple go-to questions. I'll say, I'll say, tell me a little bit more about that. Or can you give me an example of that? You know, and then because I basically I want them to tell me stories. So if they just talk about the, you know, and entrepreneurs are the same way because everyone will say, I've got a great team and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not, everyone says that. Like, I need more. I need a story. Right. I need a time you were bawling in the You need closet. the nitty gritty yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> nitty gritty. I like that. There should be a yep. podcast called that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and so it's getting to that she story. She just defended me. That means that she hasn't heard of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> messed up. Everybody's heard of you guys. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's just getting to that story. So it's just me waiting and asking questions. And, and a lot of times my interviews, my cover interviews, they're two hours plus. And then I usually get, I usually do a photo on a second day and that ends up being another interview because everyone will, is in a different mood in different days and different times of day and things. And so sometimes on another day, I'll have read through my notes. I come back with a few different questions and they tell me more. And another key to get that really good stuff. It feels more natural too that second day because you're just there to get the photos, totally. right? Yeah. That's well, smart. And, and also, Everyone's guards down a little yep. bit. I've gotten a lot of great stuff also at the end of the interview when they're walking me out of their house or their business and I'm not typing anymore and, and we're just talking. Sometimes they say the most beautiful things most funny things really specific things or story about something hanging on their wall you guys have interesting space here you know so once people start telling you stories and they're they're not guarded on every word you get really good stuff didn't you have some kind of Kehlani Sataki moment where you got locked out and well so Kehlani when we did that I was one of his first interviews I think which was fun because he and his wife both I thought over time you're going to become more guarded and that's a sad oh. reality you're going to have, you'll, you will For reach. Sure. But I was in there before they got to that right. point. And I think they're still super open. You know, they're still really real and everything like that. But I was, I was just... They were new to the fame that this role was going to have. For well, them. it's it's the other press, right? Like I I talked to Taysom like two weeks ago, and it was the same. He told me about what happened at the Super Bowl, and they really chopped up his words. Mm. And I think that's why I can't get him on the podcast because they really <laughs> met. Like huh. they he hasn't really... agreed to a cover story with me either. Let's both let's uh, yeah. tag team this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a good guy. Um, yeah, so it's been just a process of getting people to to open up and get them to trust me. And then people often, we, well, really all the time now that I interview, they've read our magazine right. and they're familiar that this isn't going to, this isn't going to make you look bad. Right. I'm going to make you look good. It's going to be honest, but it's going to be your best side. I'm, this is not investigative, interrogative. This is celebrate celebratory right. and uh, reflective. So it's been fun. Who was your most, like, was there a time when you got started that was, how do you ask it? Almost like you were really nervous because like this was like a big name mm-hmm. and you were like, oh my gosh, like this is kind of a big deal. So Larry King was was the first one that I felt like that. And uh, and I've, you know, a few other times too, but that one I just remember, and it was, this was early on and I was like, he, I mean, he interviews people for a living. Right? Oh yeah. And I thought I would probably ask a question he thought was dumb or maybe I would interrupt him or I just didn't want to do anything wrong. And I, I wanted to be impressive if I could to him. And so as part of my research before the interview, I was watching his his show daily and just every, anything I could so that we could make good small talk. And he'd know I'm really familiar with your your legacy and everything. So he, he had had Hillary Clinton on his show a, week, a day or two before our interview. And, and I noticed during our interview, he treated me the same way. He had as much interest in me and humor and kindness and not looking at the clock that he did with her. I was really impressed with that. And I didn't feel like he was analyzing me at all. I think he, in fact, was probably kinder to me than than normal, maybe just because he, he knows how hard it is, you know? He's been there before, right? He's been there before. So you're listening to people's answers, but you're also in the other part of your brain thinking about what direction you want to go next. Right. But you don't, you know, some of the worst interviewers that I've seen, and some of them are on national TV, they ask a question and then, then they don't react. They just go to the second question on the list. And it's very, 
just choppy. You know, a conversation is how you want to do it because if you don't listen to their first answer, you might, you know, when I do listen to their answer, my second question always changes because it's like a tweak of the first answer. And so you just become fluid, right? Mm hmm. And that, you know, that's when you know there's an agenda. And that's, I don't think people like that. They no. want to just hear a natural conversation. I used to go into interviews with all my questions listed out. And a lot of our newer employees do that as well. And there's nothing really wrong with that because that is preparation. Right. But you don't want to be married to that. Now when I go in, like when I interviewed Tony Finau, I had like five questions I wanted to be sure that I asked throughout the time. But basically I wanted to have a conversation with him and take what he said and grow with that and and really focus on what he seems to care about so when during you our interview conversation. someone you need two hours for the first day in the photo shoot how like does that turn into typically a two or three page spread like like how much yeah, actual so my, content do you get from those hours of conversation right. so at that point if i really do get that much time which i didn't with tony yeah um i have way more than i'm going to be able to include most of my cover stories they go about eight pages but there's some ads in there yeah uh, so it's usually about six pages of content. And um, and then we'll have a cover photo and a TOC photo, some extra things for online. Um, you know, so 2,500 words maybe. Um, and some different sidebars and things that, that pull out highlights. People, people like multiple entry points into an article. So if it's something long like that, I don't want it to be this gray thing that flows to, you know, I want multiple entry points. So if they turn the page, there's something else that might pull them you in. You need bullet points and different yeah. topics and subjects. Right. and yeah his favorite places to eat, whatever. Um, so that's always fun. And and as a writer, a magazine writer, you're not just thinking words, you're thinking visual. So sometimes during the conversation, I'm like, huh, a day in the life of you would be interesting. I'm going to do that as a pullout or, uh, you know, your list of your favorite song lyrics and where they came from or whatever. It just depends on who the person is. But I'm always thinking of how can we get people to dive into a long story? Our attention spans are so short. We're scrolling like this. So I've got to catch people quickly. So every magazine, we try and have a good read. But then a lot of our sections over time have become a lot shorter and choppier. If you look at our first few years. Chunky. That's what we call them. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Chunky style. We have our different vernacular. We use that word. But um we used to have a lot of longer reads, like really in-depth journalism, and and now, not so much. You know, we have a lot of uh, stories like our Fab Forty or Forty Four, where it's a it's a blurb, right. <laughs> you know, on somebody. Uh, but I, so I try and give a meal, right? So there's an entree that's that's really meaty, maybe our cover story, and then we have a little dessert here and a little appetizer here throughout the magazine, so that people can work their way through it. And then now everything's online as well, so which has a different vibe and format. I think one thing that has been kind of intimidating for me as far as who we've interviewed are people who were childhood like uh, role models. So That makes total sense. Someone like, I remember uh, I was at Dale Murphy's house. And this is someone who I grew up watching on WTBS, right. you know, and that's some of the only baseball you could yeah. see when you had just a few channels. And right. uh, my parents bought me his book, Murph. And and then I'm all of a sudden there in his house and I'm listening to him talk about, 
you know, the birds outside and his, you know, <laughs> yard work and uh, where the base, his kids slid a baseball bat down the stairs that punched a hole kind of in the sheetrock. And I'm like, oh, was that, that's a wooden bat. Did you, is that an old Atlanta Braves bat or yeah. <laughs> Devin Durant was the same way. I remember watching yeah. him score 30 whatever points every game for BYU when I was about eight years old. And so then all of a sudden he's in our office and he's walking around and that weirds me out a lot more than if we had TJ Haas or somebody, because I right. think I'm just a hardened adult now. And But those childhood stars are still just, whoa, you're a real person. Right. Well, everything's so big when you're, I mean, it's like, well, that was Wayne Gretzky for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I still, have, I'm, mm-hmm. I've got a poster of him in my office. Like that doesn't really go away. And that's, but it also kind of reminds you that we do need to be a little bit more like that still. And just, mm-hmm. I mean, if you yeah. love something, you just love it. And it, mm-hmm. when you're a kid, it just, I mean, it, yeah. it's just, it's cements in there. Mm-hmm. It's concrete. And it, I, yeah, I mean, if I bumped into him in real life, I would lose my mind. I just, <laughs> like, I've been around some pretty big people, you know, with my job. And I feel like I know how to act. But if it was him, like mm-hmm. like you said, to your point, like a childhood hero, I think I would go, I would be the kid again. I would just kind of freak out and be super creepy. Well, I, right? like, I hope you get to meet him. A 400-pound, 40-year-old guy was like breathing heavy next to me and it was really weird. Well, I hope you get to meet him and I hope there's video rolled of the moment, you know. But but the thing is, even, even all those people that were intimidated by perhaps at first, everybody is just human. Totally right. You know, and like you, Dale, talking about you know, the grass and the hole in his wall and, and Bronco talking about how he likes to mow his lawn more than anything else. You know, everybody is really, really human. And so that's really awesome too. Um, I got to interview Stephen Covey a few years before he passed away. We did a cover story on him. He told me no for a long time. Um, but then I didn't realize how strategic I was being, but I did a cover story on his wife when the Covey Center was opened in Provo, and that's her baby, and and uh, and he really loved the article on her, and he wanted to buy several hundred copies to give to grandkids and their missionaries and a bunch of people. So Matt and I made that delivery ourselves to the Covey's house. Right. <laughs> they were not sending some UPS man over here. <laughs> Here's your magazine, Stephen Covey. And then I asked him again, you know, if I could feature him because he was so happy with the magazine, and he did agree to it. I waited a year or so so that it wasn't two Coveys. I'll you know. Know, same year, but uh, I loved meeting him, and he's a brilliant man that people still quote. There's a lot of vernacular from him, win-win, sharpen the saw, that we don't even attribute to him anymore, almost, because it's so common, uh, and it was very much um, kind of overwhelming, but then he's carrying my bag to my car afterwards, right. you know, and he's telling me stories about whatever it is, uh, his painting in his front room, and I remember I got in the car after interviewing him, and it was the song... Um, I hope you had the time of your right. life. And I was like, I did. Okay. And I cranked <laughs> I that sure song. Like, I had the time of my life. Meeting my, you know, one of my heroes. And and those have been exciting days and, and really instructive. And I've tried to share some of the things I've learned. Of course, in the magazine, I try and share the good things. But also with our business and with our kids, like, here are what the great people are doing. And here's, here's what they're talking about. In fact, I did a TED Talk. It was actually one of the scariest things I ever did. But uh I talked, my TED Talk topic was what happy people talk about. And I talked about after having had, you know, just, I don't know how millions of hours of conversation, here's what people talk about. You know, they don't talk about their problems and how people have done them wrong. They talk about what they're excited about. They talk about what they've learned, you know, not not what went wrong, but what they learned, you know. And uh, that's totally what I've found and tried to share that. 
such a small thing you just said, but it's not what went wrong. It's what you learned, Mm -hmm. you know, and people's perspective and how they approach things that totally defines what they end up doing with stuff. For sure. Um, Who is on your like hit? Like who is your like ultimate, like number one? Okay. So I'll tell him he knows what I'm going to say because this person has told me no for 20 years. Let's get him. (laughs) <laughs> Robert Redford. Oh. And I've tried every angle and I think I have all the right people trying to help me, but it just, he just hasn't wanted to do that. Why do you think they won't do it? Just they're too private or at I think stage, he or? at times in the past 20 years has been kind of mad at Utah County for different reasons. Also, he doesn't need to be famous. A lot of people, I get, I get hit up to be on the cover by a lot of people who need or want the publicity because it yeah, will help them. For sure. Uh, he doesn't need this. In fact, he doesn't even want people to know where he lives. I remember one time we were talking with uh, someone who was close to him, and they said, he just said no to CNN and ABC, and what makes you think he's all of a sudden going to jump you in the priority list? In fact, that's what I saw. I've seen him twice at Sundance, and I've approached him both times, which he doesn't love, okay? Um, Yeah. Especially when you call him Bob. (laughs) I've tried to be respectful, (laughs) but it it just has not worked yet. Uh, hasn't hasn't aligned, but um, in fact, he he's been on Salt Lake Magazine a couple times, and and we don't we're not like competitive necessarily with Salt Lake Magazine, but one came out a couple years ago, and I, it was on my desk, like just kind of come from the mail, and I was holding it, and the general manager at Sundance calls my cell phone right then. He says, Jeanette. You're, you've probably seen Salt Lake Magazine. I just want you to know, they didn't even ask us. Like, they, we didn't know that was happening. They didn't interview him. They bought that photo. If he does anything, it'll be with you. I'm like, oh, Chad, you're awesome. And thank you, because I was going to call you. <laughs> like, what the heck? Anyway, at this point, it's more of just like a, something that I, you know, it's like a conquest, you know? I am so sorry. That's good. Who, it's my should we daughter. answer the phone? <laughs> Let's see what she needs. Hey. She's 12 years old. She's using FaceTime. Hey, Tay. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Everything's silent. Maybe she can't get the remote to work or something. Uh, another thing that's super gratifying, going back to your story about the Coveys, is the photo that we took of Sandra Covey is what they use on right on the entrance to the Covey Center when they say it's named after her and this is her legacy. And that's really fun to see that they're you know, the, the, they like the work yeah. or sometimes we do this, uh, you know, high schoolers who will change the world. And one of the students who got picked was someone who had just had this ongoing battle with cancer and he ended up losing that battle. And the, someone was telling us when they were at his funeral that they had the magazine covered there and opened up to his article and his favorite quotes. And that just feels like, why I went into journalism in the first place, you know, we're helping write the history. And when we write about somebody or take their picture, that just kind of cements their place or, or, or maybe this is someone that they haven't heard about, but we're like, you should hear about this. And if you haven't well, be able to look back on it too, right? Like if one of these high schoolers really does something special mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, and that's, that and that's been oh, interesting cool. when we go back and talk to the high schoolers, some of them are like, oh man, I, I, I got a degree in early childhood education and I have, you know, four kids and I live in Eagle Mountain now. And so, sorry, I didn't, you know, do this or that, but others of them have gone on to be, you know, uh, Broadway stars and NBA basketball players and, 
uh, influencers. And so it's... And speaking to your first one, when they say that, like, oh, I haven't really done much. No, you've lived life, you For know? Sure. And And everybody's story is, is fascinating. Uh, and, you know, we check in with them at 10 years. Well, you haven't lived a full life at 10 years. We'll check in with you later, you know? Yeah. It, it's all good. I don't want anyone to feel pressure that we only value one type of success. And in fact, that high school story reminds me of that every year because the schools help us pick them. And then we try and get a good balance of boys and girls, you know, so there's some finagling on our part as well, but schools help us. There's a variety that come in. Some are super confident. I mean, we had Tyler Hawes. He was a high school student who changed the world. We had uh, Jackson Emery. Uh, and, you know, they're coming in confident in their jerseys and they got the ball. They're all good, you know. But then other kids come in, they bring their mom, they've got their tuba, they've never done anything like this before. <laughs> and uh, so it's a range of ways to be awesome. Right. You know, but then it's cool because they they all act the same way when we ask them, what do you love about your school? They all like light up and say, basically, I go to the best school in the county. There's no clicks. They all say that they we have the best students, best school spirit, best this and that and the other. And not every school is the best. But the fact that that's how they see their school, right. no matter who you who these kids are, you're a band kid, you're an athlete, you're 36 ACT. They think their school is the they're so happy they're at their school. Right. And to me, that's like, okay, that's why you're going to be successful is because you feel like your life, you're happy about your life. You're going to create more happiness along the way when, when you enjoy what's been given to you and what you've created and you see the good, you'll create more good. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing those consistencies in those youth when they come in. I think you need to do the opposite now. Find the kids that are like barely, barely. Headed to jail. Future like, inmates. Right. Like the kids that teachers are like, this kid will go nowhere. And they'll probably be the most successful Well, that's ones. the thing. There's some really funny, you know, like yeah, I would, they'll, if they'll go on to be a rock and roll star or uh-huh. something. Yeah. Or, well, a lot of times I mean, that motivates someone. Both Todd Peterson and Josh James have, I've heard him tell stories. Those are CEOs in town of some yeah, tech we, companies. Yeah. We know them. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking for your, for the listeners. <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, obviously right. you guys know them, but. Uh, for just they've told stories of someone said this to me and and it that I couldn't do it that I wouldn't amount right. to something and that's so motivating and it's now on my t-shirt you know and so sometimes that can be the oh best. I have a couple of people that have said stuff and it's like oh yeah. right. just watch I you rem- checked out my podcast I remember you <laughs> yeah, totally I, I remember you <laughs> I I just listened to uh, Michelle Obama's book Becoming and she had. Um, she, she wanted to go to Princeton because her older brother was already a basketball star, star there. And she thought, oh, I can see him while I'm there. And she, there was an admissions person that she talked to, and they said, you know, I'm not sure you could really get in, or you're, I don't know if you're Princeton material. And to this day, Michelle Obama's like, I am going to go to Princeton. And she hasn't like singled out who that person is, but it definitely motivated her. Wow. Interesting. I mean, it's true. It's. I think there's a lot of people. I was watching that Last Dance, you know, this mm-hmm. Michael Jordan documentary. I mean, what's that? Jerry Krause is that his name? Yeah. I mean, he totally has like a chip on his shoulder. Like he basically wanted to be wealthy and powerful just to stick it to people. Mm-hmm. And there are the which I think that's kind of scary. Sometimes. And Michael Jordan but getting caught. One thing I totally he got cut as a tenth grader, and they were talking to the coach who cut him, and he said, "Yeah, he here's the thing. He improved a lot from tenth grade to eleventh grade. <laughs> yeah, and he also grew from five ten to six three. So, and that's a huge. And that's well. And sometimes that rejection is what the chip on. I mean, I know a couple athletes that they'll come in here and they'll just complain about whatever. I'm like, well, it, 
look how you're succeeding. Like that chip on your shoulder is motivating you to get absolutely better. Absolutely. And so in a sense, like you can't look at like, like your story with Jordan, you can't really look at that coach and go, what an idiot. Yeah. Maybe awesome Jordan never becomes Jordan without that coach rejecting him, right? And so well, and how awesome was his mom that she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Get better." Like you want that like, doesn't the, exist anymore. Right? Get better. Like, like we're work not harder. We're get not going to transfer schools. Mm-hmm. We're not going to badmouth the coach. No, you're just going to yeah. work harder. Control what you can control. Yeah, you're going to work yeah. harder. Yeah. It's awesome. And that is going out the window. It's gone. It, my it's gone. goodness. Um, I've. Do you feel, I guess, going back to the magazine business question is, obviously it's evolved, but with the internet, I mean, do you feel like magazines will always have a place, like the actual print, or mm-hmm. do you feel like there will be a time in the future where it is all online? Yeah, that's that's the question. When we go to any journalism conference or anything, this, this is the question, yeah. right? And uh, it's something we get asked about a lot, and it's something we think about a lot, too. Here's the here's kind of the thing. I do think magazines have a place and and will stay in their form. Newspapers are different. Uh, magazines aren't all about timeliness. It's also the experience of the magazine and of turning the pages and filling that paper. With the newspaper, which is content, we prefer to digest that content quickly. Like that's really important, even even overnight. So when I worked at the Deseret News, you know, we put out a paper. Well, it takes even even though it's as quick as possible, it takes 12 hours before it hits someone's porch. Well, if it's the NBA finals or Could something, be old news. that is old news. Uh, so we've seen kind of some evolution. So over the past 10 years or so, about 10 years ago, well, 12 or 13 now, we started doing a lot of publishing for network marketing companies and, and home builders associations like the Pre to Homes magazine. Anyway, we started doing a lot of that then. And then there was kind of a swing when people were like, especially network marketing companies, we can save so much money if we go digital with this. And we just send this out, e-newsletter style and all that. And then, so we lost some projects through the, that period of time. And then several clients came back after a few years and were like, nobody was reading that. And, and when I hit triple diamond, million plus yacht club, like you, <laughs> you want it in print so you can say, grandma, check it out. Or so you can take it to a prospective downline person. There's a legitimacy that comes in a printed product I completely agree. that is not, not the same. As, as digital. So both matter, both are important, but we did regain a lot of clients. Even BYU-Idaho had a magazine at one point, went all digital, donations to the campus went down, to the school went down, connection to the alumni went down. So one of the things that they wanted to, to do was bring back the magazine. So that's one of our projects we do every year is the BYU-Idaho alumni magazine. It's super fun. It keeps us connected to our home state, proud Idahoans who don't want to live there anymore, but we still love it. <laughs> still love it. And Just uh, a little too windy. <laughs> yeah. At a distance. Windy. Yeah. Uh, and so the printed product has that really, there's a long shelf life to it. There's a beauty to it. And magazines are very visual. So you don't get the same experience on your phone looking at a display about a beautiful home or things like that. So when we're creating content, some content is perfect for online. And some content is perfect. Content is perfect for a magazine, and so we everything that we do pretty much gets put in both. 
um, but we try and repurpose it in the right way for the right format. But it's it's interesting because our workload, I would say, has increased when revenue has not, just because now you can't just put out a magazine. You've got to also have a strategy for having it on all right. these platforms, even though they're not monetizing like they could or should, but they've got to be there, you know? So we've had some successes. We've had, uh, you know, some harder lessons. Our Bride magazine, for example, on, on Instagram, Utah Valley Bride is a really strong Instagram account. Like we are the market leader, thought leader on weddings in the whole state um, with Instagram and we are able to monetize that. But a lot of our other content is not monetized in the same way, but we it has to be out there on all those different platforms. So it's been it's been a juggle to figure that out. I think one of the reasons we've been able to succeed for 20 years is that we're efficient. And, uh, I mean, we came into it with no investors, have still never had any investors, and we just, a project has to make sense. So if it doesn't make sense, then we do fewer pages, we mail out fewer, we figure it out so that we're not, we're not losing money. There's a profit margin in, in everything we print, and uh, we're nimble and small enough that we're able to do that and figure that out. I never thought about, like, a magazine being an experience before, but hearing you talk about it, it totally is. And your well, magazines do a fantastic job of because as I as I do think about it, I maybe the average person, maybe it's just me, but you do kind of lump magazine with newspaper. It's like, oh, you know, but they are very different. Mm-hmm. And like when you do see the magazine, it's like, I'm gonna pick that up. I wanna flip through it. Right. You know, well, I've got I, like I the ex- Tiger Woods Sports Illustrated, <laughs> yeah. right? I ordered a couple of them just And you're right, but I'm like, gonna keep that, right? The, mm-hmm. the weight of the page and the fill, you know, and like the colors. Like I a, miss mag- magazine sections. There's like a lot that goes into going it. to the grocery store and just having there's just yeah. I mean, I still will look anytime I see a magazine wall, like at the airport. I love the airport, right? Because that's mm-hmm. a place where you can still get all those magazines. But yeah, there's just something about yeah, a magazine. There's a prestige factor that weighs heavily into what we do. And if you're a local dentist and you're in our magazine or being featured, they're like, oh, okay, here's a kid who he went to, uh, you know, this high, local high school and he played football, uh, you know, and n- now I want everyone to kind of know where I am now. Yeah. Or like these magazines that we do for the direct sales industry. If you said, hey, uh, I was the top person and they let everybody know by sending out a mass email that you clicked on a PDF. And, right. you know, that's not the same. I, I think about uh, Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> when he says, I'm on the cover of a magazine. You know, it's this very... The barcode. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very prestigious thing, you know, that I don't feel like that's going away anytime soon. And um, and we love we love helping people with that. So the, the 40 under 40, which you were in, alum uh-huh. right here. Thank uh, you. You know, sometimes I've met people. I still have a couple of years to make. <laughs> <laughs> you got time. We're actually working on our list right now. Mm, that's weird. This year. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. I'm kind of feeling a bribe coming that? on. <laughs> anyway, I've met people sometimes that are in their early 40s and they'll say, like, my big regret is I never made it in that in that story. And I'm sad that we somehow overlooked him or something, but it makes me feel good that like it mattered to them, you know? So how like the 40 for 40, how many nominations do you get for something like that? Like how many people are you combing through? And do you only comb through people who are nominated or are you actively like looking for people? It's a mix. It's a mix. So there's usually probably a hundred people on our list of people we're considering. 
that you guys make or that they submitted? And it's a combination of things submitted or ones we've kind of kept our eye on. Or we have a corporate board that you meet with quarterly and they all bring their suggestions. They bring some ideas. And and sometimes we're like, we really, we haven't done someone from Adobe for a few years. Let's find someone at Adobe who would be good. So sometimes there's there's categories we're looking for. Yeah, a musician or or someone, in a a healthcare person. Right. Yeah. And so then we look at the hundred and we try and have a variety of industries. We don't want it to be all tech and we don't want to be heavy one gender or the other. We want a really good balance. And so those things go into consideration. We only feature people once. So sometimes people apply again next year or something, but for that particular thing, it's not like 10 years running. We want, we want to just introduce for the 10th year in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For that one, we want to just spread the love. Right. So we're looking for, for, as many people, new people as possible to introduce people to. Super fun to be able to celebrate that. And and we have an event. We're not going to have one this this year This because it was going to be at Sundance, you know, next month. But um, And it's it's fun, you know, and at times people have been teary and grateful just that they got to meet everybody at the, in the room that was in the article or whatever. And that's a huge payday for me, oh, you know, yeah. to feel like it mattered to somebody and it helped them and then it helped them succeed or be a better person. And then I think that blesses our whole community and 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 so i'm big into the karma or whatever you want to call it like and hopefully we're spreading a lot of that and i think it's just been fun to be part of this community we have an amazing community like i wouldn't trade this for any place i wouldn't trade it for salt lake i wouldn't trade it for new york because i like the size of this community and we and salt lake is part of our community as well you know of course and the point of the mountain has become more gray since we started you know so we, we need to build a dam <laughs> a moat we got yeah, a, a big moat <laughs> we got to ride in the new silicone slope so like where the prison is we got to keep that on our side but yeah. i like yeah. it yeah so we've done more in south salt lake than we did in the beginning cuz more's happening there but anyway it's just fun to be part of it the good so news it is so cool i mean and to your point the community is unique like everyone like the more successful people become typically here, like the more giving and willing they are as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we found. I mean, with guests that are coming on, I mean, we got started, we had some awesome people come on and it was like, hold on, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and they would show up and they're like, hold on, what am I here for? It's like, oh, we're going to do a podcast. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but they're just showing up because they're friends with you or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. So what would you guys say right now is kind of, getting you excited is there a project you're working on or an idea or a magazine concept or cover that you're really excited about our 20th anniversary has been big in my mind um i've been catching up with several of the former cover stories and so that's been a big thing for me and then working towards this event hopefully to gather as many of those as we can uh that's something i'm really excited about right now and then always just whatever issue we're working on the 40 under 40 for business queue is is going to be fun and and as soon as we come out with something like our bride magazine this year super proud of it we have an awesome awesome team and they they really knocked it out of the park on that but then immediately when people get a magazine they start giving us ideas you know and so that's fun so we always have a running list of ideas or things we want to explore is that really fun though (laughs) when everybody wants to tell like you should change your you know for for the bride magazine it's more fun for some people than than all of us but but that is true (laughs) so we learned our lesson we stopped asking the guys in the office to help us pick the bride cover because that always turned into a huge fight Seriously, you don't like blonde? What? You don't like her eyebrows? Are you kidding? Do you not know what the trend <laughs> is? Heidi Klum has been to Utah County. <laughs> exactly. Chrissy Teigen was born somewhere. <laughs> and that, you just proved my point there, right? <laughs> so, 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 so we're we, a bunch of children. 
So the women in the office do the bride magazine quietly over in the corner and <laughs> and surprise them. But then they it. say they're doing it quietly. But then when they're picking the covers, they're like, "Hey, uh, this needs to be Instagrammed. Can you guys line up over here and <laughs> take a picture of us looking at the covers?" As we, <laughs> that is true. I have turned Matt into an Instagram husband at times. <laughs> I had to teach him, "Don't take just one photo. Like I need options." That's right. <laughs> Dumb at. But that's one fun thing about what we do. We do the Pride of Homes magazine, so we can be focused on that. And then we do a bride magazine, but then we also do the BYU football section. And we do, uh, you know, we have a business magazine. And then we're also over here writing about, um, you know, uh, anti-aging pill or candles or something. It's, Crazy. it's always something new to to dive into. Do you guys have a favorite? I mean, is there a baby? I mean, taking the money out of it and all, you know, all of that stuff, like, is there still something that either one of you lo- really looks forward, whether it be a section mm-hmm. or one of the magazines, to, to doing still? So the our business magazine, Business Q, is, is my favorite to work on. I think it's because I learn so much. It's like I get an MBA every issue practically because I'm sitting down with someone who has done amazing things, has learned things I haven't learned yet, figured out whatever, inventions, patents, and I learned so much. So that one's super fun for me. It's really fulfilling and inspiring. And and then to get to celebrate that, one of the things that we started in 2008, I had this vision to do, I want I love the Inc. 500 issue. It's like my, it's, it's Christmas to me. It's the Sears catalog of our childhood, which if you're <laughs> younger than me, you don't know what that is. But anyway, they the might, big, they big might not, Sears catalog. Yeah, people might not even know what Sears is. Gra- Grandma, grandpa would give and say, what do you want for Christmas? That's and right. Just exactly. start. Okay. Those were awesome. No. Uh, yeah. And so to me that the Inc. 500 magazine is that, and I, for years, years, like what are the Utah companies and what are the industries? It's so fascinating. So I wanted to do that just for our community. And so I was going to do the UV 100. Before we even went to the print, to print, it became UV 50 and has stuck since 2008. Uh, but we named the top 50 businesses. That's just a thrill for me. I think our own company isn't going to make the list. We're not, we're not doubling every year or anything close to that. Uh, but just to see who is growing and It's and so fun them, to look through that list. It really is. Um, well, and now glad, I think it's even that. cooler hearing why you do it. You know what I mean? Like to to hear that you love the Inc. 500, like that's really cool. I mean, that's taking something that you loved and turn it into something that, I mean, just hearing Andrew, like I love reading that list. Like how cool, cool is that story? That's, well, thanks. You know what I mean? And we do a gala associated with that. And usually I say some version at the end, like basically that I believe that behavior that gets recognized gets repeated. And so, whatever's rewarded, repeated. Yeah. So I want so go out and repeat what we've celebrated tonight. We've recognized your greatness and your growth. Now let's go do it again this year and grow our community. I think that you should sing that song that you serenaded Blake Roney to last year. <laughs> so I I I'm not a singer. Okay, I do play the organ with the feet. Just a little side <laughs> note. The feet. Humble brag. I I've got my own organ hum, shoes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I legit play the organ. But anyway, I'm not a singer, but last year I ended up singing twice in like the same month of things. And one of them was we were recognizing Blake Roney, founder of New Skin. 
at the UB50 for Lifetime Achievement. And uh, if you don't sing at the end of this, I'm going to be so disappointed. Oh, man. So the morning of the gala, like I'm excited, but I'm nervous and I can't sleep. And I'm like, I feel like our presentation for him is a little dull. It's a video and it's this and that. But like, he's a super entertaining. He has a great sense of humor. I got to do something. I got to punch it up. So then I like, maybe I could write a song or a parody. So Newskin started in 84. What was the top song in 84? What was Phil Collins against all odds? So I'm like, I got to rewrite this for Blake. And so, see, here's the problem is I don't remember all the words, but it's 5 a.m. that morning. I am rewriting this song for Blake, you know, and then then I sang it. (laughs) 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 And uh, and he came up after to accept the award and he started it, but he gave me a hug and he's like, you are so weird. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I like weird. You know, it was this moment we had, but uh, it was just kind of a. A moment of bravery, me trying to pump it up. The year before, we had honored Josh James and Andrew Smith, for Foods Group, Andrew Smith, Josh James of Domo. And I know you guys know, but just for anyone who might be listening. <laughs> um, and I wanted it to be kind of reflective of them. So right before that, Cosmo's head had, had I was going to say blown off. That's not the right word. Like the, the mascot off. head right. had fallen yeah. off. So I wanted to do a play on that. So I conned, conned not, not conned, convinced, persuaded uh, the Cosmo <laughs> Use whatever word you want to use. <laughs> and let Josh James get in the Cosmo suit and have, have the real Cosmo do like a lot of stunts and then do a switcher and Josh comes out. He's in the Cosmo thing. So you think it's the same guy and then his head falls off and it's Josh. And that's how we introduced him. Anyway, and then we had Andrew driving around in a race, tiny kid race car on the thing. So I just I just want to make it fun for people and memorable. Right. You know, I don't want to do the same thing every time. So I'm always trying to think what would be just like slightly, slightly weird, maybe to use Blake's word, but memorable, creative, fun. Well, I mean, you're showing a human side to him too, which I think is kind of cool. Like people want to see that they're see. not so scripted, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They don't mind going out and throwing a sweaty Cosmo suit on, right? Yeah. Just going like, I think that's why fun. the podcast has been so fun is we do a good job. If nothing else, we just talk long enough that they have to start <laughs> letting their guard down. But it's been a lot of fun to get people and a common comment is I haven't told this story in a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because it's just like you spend enough time, you get comfortable and, you know, people, that's why people tune in that they want to hear you know, the other side of who it is. Cause you can go online and read about people and social media. You can see a lot about them, but the goal is to, you know, ex- expose or, you know, show a different side of everyone. And I think you guys do a really good job of that. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You know, and learning those connections. Like, the, I mean, again, the, the Inc 500 thing, like something that's special to you that you get to, I mean, it's cool that you get to kind of let that creativity out and put it in, you know, in your magazine and it's turned into something that other people like too. And I mean, those are the stories people want to hear. Those are highlights for me. Like uh, when going back to the Blake thing, just for a second, Blake Roney. So one of the lines, I wish I could remember all the lines because it was so clever, guys. <laughs> but anyway. And I just walk away from you? <laughs> it was, but it was turned like his to his life. But one of the lines was, I had talked about New Skin and Center Street and all this. And then I said something like, Turn around and see us cheer. And the whole audience started cheering. Oh, him. no way. And because that it was leading, you know, to him. And and I felt so, so excited that people were as, as happy about Blake as I was. And we were all celebrating him, you know, right. and it was, it was a fun moment to Very see, cool. to well, create it, people's happy moments. And so many people, I, I mean, being Blake Roney, I mean, a lot of these athletes is the same thing. Like, I'm sure everything just kind of runs together. And that's the type of thing that they're going to 
remember, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they get a lot of a lot, a lot of people of- are kissing up to them all the time and do nice things for them all the time, but not like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's something that they'll kind of cherish and remember. And I mean, that's it's really cool. So yeah, thanks. So yeah. what would be like a parting word of advice for someone, whether they are an aspiring journalist, entrepreneur? stay-at-home parent? I mean, is there something that is a principle that either has guided you guys or like a piece of advice that's been really good? I would say a piece of advice from the book Rich Rich Dad, Poor Dad that has stuck with me is the big hat, no cattle syndrome. (laughs) It's a lot of that now, isn't there? Yeah, I think that there are so many people who want to appear as if they're an overnight success and they want to drive just to the right car and wear just the right clothes. And those are many times the people who don't make it. And the people who make it are the ones who they'll, they'll put their money into, you know, if they wanted to start a landscaping company, they put their money back into equipment or into buying land for a nursery, all these things that you're really not going to see when you run into them at a, you know, class reunion or something. And so we've always tried to just get by with as little as possible. No hat. No hat. A few cattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We didn't we, get an office. We started off with no hat and one cow that wandered away. And <laughs> over the first year or two of our business, we slowly gathered a couple of little unhealthy looking cows, cows. That, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. We did it out of our house for two years and didn't get an employee. We got our office and our first employee two years in. So that that's definitely been one. The one that I thought of, and it's a phrase I actually I actually think of at least once a day. And it's when I was in college, I heard a speaker say it, and I wrote it in my Franklin planner. And it was <laughs> we're going, we're hitting all the old. <laughs> we are. I had a Palm Pilot after that. Just so you I know. love it. Uh, your actions are evidence of what you want. And and I heard it, and I wrote it down so I could think about it, and I still think about it all the time. So. This morning, I thought about, I was going to run some half marathons, which we're going to rename, <laughs> but I was going to do so some. I'm glad somebody finally agrees with me No, on I'm that. with you. I, I love it. I haven't thought of it before, but I'm on, I'm on your <laughs> side with this. So, and a lot of the races have been canceled, but this morning I thought, oh, I'm kind of not wanting to get up and go for a little run. Um, but then I think about that phrase, your actions are evidence of what you want. If I don't get up and run, that, there's no evidence that I ever could run or would want to run a half marathon. If we want to turn a profit in our business or start a new title, there has to be some evidence that we actually, you can't just say it. Like, what does the evidence show? Right. If there's no evidence, if there's no action toward a goal, eh, there's, there's no evidence that's what you actually want. So I give myself a little pep talk with that phrase or a version of that phrase throughout the day. That's, that's really good. You I get like out what lot. you put in type of thing, yeah. right? Well, and this whole pandemic thing, I mean, it's been, I think there's been a lot of good come out of it, at least from my perspective, like for my business. I mean, we've had to really adapt and, and you're right. Like it's things like that, that, I mean, you just have to be able to be agile. And if you want a good outcome, you got to work. Right. Well, I like hearing you say that because a lot of restaurant owners couldn't say a lot of good things have come out of this. You know? Yeah. But I the mean, fact that you're saying that you're looking for the good and you've, and you've, tweak some things you've pivoted for sure and some of those things will stay even in the new normal probably you know some things you've Uh, learned no absolutely like it's it's really helped us i mean i've really learned a lot about where we maybe waste some money 
and you know we're i've heard the term lean and mean a lot from people and it's true like we're much leaner and meaner than we ever have been and and yeah just uh, what's the you use this quote a lot like act react you know some people act some people react yeah there's something like that but it's you know when a when a problem that's one area where where i feel like i'm decent is when the wall when, when i hit a wall i Mm-hmm. I can move and and that, and that's kind of what we've had to do and 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 you're right like after all of this there will be things that I won't change mm-hmm. that we've learned during it and so I think so many good things come from I mean I think we all learn the most when we have trials right right so. in fact one of the quotes we put in in one of our business magazines was this this guy said money makes you stupid and he had <laughs> taken on a lot of investment money Right. And then they had the sweetest desks and they had the sweetest office and they they spent time spending money instead of earning it. And and he wasn't lean. He wasn't figuring out the, the most productive way to do it. And uh, I liked that. You know, we... That's, it's a Warren Buffett quote that it's not until the tide goes out that you find out who's swimming naked. Mm. Wow. I like that one a lot. <laughs> you know? It's very true. Well, and so what's and, happened is the tide's gone out and it's exposed mm-hmm. a lot of things that it's sad, but it's exposed it's a lot sad. of people that maybe you were running, you know, not right. the best way. And it's that you don't adapt. You know, there's a lot of stuff about it. Well, and it's true. I mean, look at your industry. How many magazines aren't around anymore? And, it, you know, it says a lot. In it's, fact, I've heard magazines and restaurants are the most failed businesses. Totally. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. What is it? 80% failure in the first five years for a restaurant? I mean, starting a magazine right now, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. it'd be so hard. But. There's still a place for all of it. It's just you have to work harder right. and give people what they want. And mm-hmm. and so... And I, provide I value. Is, uh, yeah. Right. I can give you focus on what can I provide of value, not just how can I make money. Right. Then... You're going to be okay. Yeah. (laughs) You guys read the book, The (laughs) Go-Giver. He loves The Go-Giver. I just pitched you a softball right there. (laughs) It's very, very true. Well, yeah, we've learned a lot from you guys. This is really cool. And you guys, you guys really do a really cool service to our county and our state. And, and I think you guys are, it'll be fun to look back. You guys are chronicling, chronicling, chronicle. We're Mm -hmm. not good with words. (laughs) Jeanette, would you teach me the word? Chronicling, I think is what you, Chronicling, okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. I would say writing. Yeah, well. Documenting. Documenting or, (laughs) yeah, a very cool time in Utah and there's so much growth and we're seeing so many, it's such an entrepreneurial state and I mean, just look at what we've done for other places through the pandemic, even through Mm -hmm. some of our bigger companies and so it'll be fun to look back and I think a lot of people will refer to what you guys have put out to to kind of read about this really cool time in Utah. So yeah, I've been really proud of our state and it's been fun to watch. I mean, the phrase Silicon Slopes didn't exist when we started <laughs> yeah, the magazine. Yeah. Facebook didn't exist when we started the magazine. Right. It's been fun to watch, watch things grow. And I'm just super proud of our community. I love being a cheerleader for it. So last thing, where can they find you? Like people are listening, like where do you want them to go to find you? So utahvalley360.com is is kind of our umbrella site. That From there you can find Utah Valley Magazine, Utah Valley Bride, Business Q, and other things. Uh, you can find us on all the social channels and on the newsstand. I love it. Yeah. Everyone In my go mailbox. Check it out every month. I love it when for, those come. I really do. Oh, I love nice. magazines. And so I really appreciate that you guys do it. I would say do, yours so. is the only one that I continue to get. Yeah. It's the only one. I've well, canceled, I I canceled all it, my sports ones because it's like, I'm just going to log on ESPN. I don't care. 
It's true. What showing up with those ones? It's very it's true. so it's so hard. It's it's hard because like Sports Illustrated, I feel like is one of the best written magazines. I've always loved it. I like sports not as much as I think the three of you probably do, but <laughs> right. the writing in there has been amazing. You know, but yeah, we we're used to getting our content for free. Uh, so it's just been a weird time to be a content creator, but we've just tried to pivot and provide value like we were talking about. Well, you guys are doing awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. This has been tons of fun. Sure. So thank Thanks. you so Thanks much. Thanks for having us. Thanks.